My daddy may now make an announcement. Oh, gosh. You know, um, we're still... We're still... Uh, you know, we're... Uh, you are listening to the Bitterest Pill. We're looking for the doctor. We're looking for the doctor. You are listening to the Bitterest Pill. Hey, welcome to the Bitterest Pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in my car. Uh... Nowhere near the flatpath of Los Angeles International Airport. I'm actually sitting in my car in the parking lot at my job, my normal job, my day job where I do day job things. And this is a bit of an experiment because uh, the last couple shows I've recorded on the weekends and I'm very busy on the weekends. And so I thought, you know what, what if I could figure out a way to record during the week during my lunch break or something, right? That seems like a decent enough idea. And then I heard about this thing. Uh, okay, I'm going to talk about AI again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm going to talk about AI again, but I'm going to. So um, basically, this Adobe thing that makes audio vocal recording sound better. So I figured if I were to record in my car and then run it through this Adobe thing, maybe it wouldn't sound too bad-ish. I don't know. So either either um, this recording was put through that Adobe thing and it sounds better than it would, or it sounds kind of crappy because the Adobe thing didn't work for me. Because I, or, or you, you'll never, maybe you'll never hear this because I can't figure out how to get the recording off of my phone. That, that's a possibility. So in an effort to, to plan for today's uh, uh, podcast, I used an app on my phone to make a few notes about things that I thought I might discuss, not realizing, of course, that I don't think I can refer to those notes while I'm using the phone to record my voice, he said <clears throat> in a high-pitched sound. But so I'm going to I'm going to try to remember. So basically, I went to I did go to Arizona. Now, I think the last time we talked, I was uh, I had just angrily reserved a car to drive to Arizona because flying is it's not even that flying is a nightmare. I find booking a flight a nightmare. So I ended up booking a car. And, you know, I live by the airport here, you know, under the flight path, as usual, and um so it's not really that difficult to find a rental car. The weird thing, though, is the rental car that I got wasn't at the normal airport desk of the normal uh, rental company. It was one of the big rental companies, but it was at a desk that they had in a hotel. In one of the big chain hotels right on Century Boulevard. Now, Century Boulevard is basically the boulevard that goes literally right into the airport loop. And along Century is a bunch of hotels. So on the day that I had to pick up the car, I had Melissa drop me off in that general area on her way to work. And I went to the desk. Now, I had reserved a Mazda 3, which I was really excited to drive because that's my normal car. But I wanted to drive a new one because I just wanted to compare. And I was really psyched because I'm pretty sure that the new ones have, ah, shoot, what's it called? Apple Play? Apple, 
Is that what's called? Apple AirPlay, Apple Play, Apple thingy, where your phone pairs with the system in such a way that you basically can connect your phone or your, control your phone through the, you know, the little display thing, which I find quite enjoyable. Honestly, I, I'm pretty sure I would drive a tin can if it had Apple Play. Right. As long as I can listen to my music, control a few podcasts, whatever, whatever, when I want to, when I'm driving around, I'm fine. Well, Hertz must have known this because Hertz did not give me a Mazda 3. Hertz gave me a comparable car. <laughs> you know, it's you got to re, you got to really read the thing, Dan, because it didn't say you were reserving a Mazda 3. It said you were refer, re, re, reserving high highway. A Mazda 3 or similar. Now, I don't know what you think the word similar means or comparable. Maybe that was the word they used, comparable. I don't know what they think the word comparable means, but a Kia Soul is not, in my mind, comparable to a Mazda 3 because a Mazda 3 is a sleek, kind of sporty car. And a Kia Soul is kind of like a cube with wheels attached. But the very humorless uh, young woman at the counter wasn't having it. And she had nothing to say but hear the keys. So I basically, I, so I get the car. Well, I get the car keys. And then I have to go down, 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 I think six stories, seven, eight, nine stories to actually get the car. Now, it turns out the car was fine. Again, not comparable to my Mazda, but perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. If you drive a Kia Soul, then I bet you really enjoy it because it is a perfectly fine automobile. And yeah, it did have the Apple Play thing. Okay. So I was able to connect my phone and push buttons on the little display and it would control my phone and you would think I was driving a Maserati. So I'm going to open a, a soda. Hold on. I bet that was loud. Even with the AI, I bet that was loud in the background. I forgot to open my soda before I began. I have to stay overly caffeinated at all times. If I wasn't overly caffeinated, I might feel like a normal human. And who needs that? So the reason I went to Arizona was that my dad had scheduled some sort of neck surgery. Surgery in either his neck or his spine or where his spine meets the neck. I'm not really clear, not being a doctor, where the spine ends and the neck begins. Is the neck really just part of your spine, but it's the part above your shoulder blade? You know what I mean? I don't know. But my dad was having surgery and I'm going to get this wrong, but something to do with removing plaque or calcium deposits or something in his neck, but they were going in through the front. Now, silly me, again, not being a doctor, I, I assumed that you would operate on someone's spine slash neck from the back. That seems like a shorter distance and with fewer... Uh, vital squishy organs. 
Although, what is your throat? It's not really, isn't that really an organ, is it? Your esophagus, your, your throat, your, your windpipes and all that jazz. All I know is they, to get to his spinal neck, they went in the front. That was the plan. And then they go in the front and then they do whatever they got to do. And then they sew up the front and you're good to go. And that just sounded absolutely barbaric to me. Then my mom had asked if I could, so I told, you know, I told my mom I wanted to come out to Arizona regarding this surgery. And she said, well, listen, your sister's coming out right before and is going to be here for a week following. Maybe you should come after that because then I'll have more help. You know what I mean? Your sister will be here for a week and then you come and then you can be here for a week. And then that's two weeks of, uh, you know, coverage. Which I thought was a great idea. But what happens is you start to worry and the people around you start to worry about how the operation is going to go on an 80-some-odd-year-old man going in the front. And so I started to become very torn between what my mother asked me to do, because I'm a good boy, and what I really wanted to do, which was be there basically about the time that my sister was there, meaning like a day, two days before, during, and then for almost a week after. And we all know the reason for having those feelings, but no one says that exactly out loud. You know what I'm saying? When your parents get to a certain age, even going in for a tooth extraction just makes me nervous. You know what I mean? Like, should I say goodbye before you go to get a root canal? Like, what, what, what's happening here? So I did end up going to be there for the procedure, even though I obviously I'm not exactly going to lend a hand. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's very... So we, we took him to the place, and it was a very nice new facility, and the staff there was super buttoned up. The nurse that was kind of our conduit between, uh, you know, arriving and getting him settled in and ready and prepped and all that jazz was fantastic. And that's the thing about nurses is they just always seem to really know what they're doing, really know how to put you at ease. You know what I mean? So... As nervous as we all were, going into the whole thing was very smooth. But you do feel, like, you know, you have to have that, like, <laughs> again, you can't say, hey, do you want to go say goodbye to your father? Yeah, I, yeah, wish him luck. Yeah. I'm going to go totally just casually wish my father good luck on this surgery that I'm really nervous that he's having because he's 80 some odd years old. And he knows why I'm in Arizona. He must know why I'm in Arizona. In case, in case. I know why I'm in, my mom knows why I'm in Arizona. My sister's in Arizona for the same reason I'm in Arizona, in case. 
but I can't go into the little hospital prep area and go, hey, dad, so, uh, you know, don't die. But that's what is happening. We're saying, see you later. And give them hell. And I'll see you in a couple hours. But my fist is in my throat. You know what I mean? Like there's this knot. As I'm trying to be casual and for my dad in front of the nurse. I give him a hug. I tell him that I love him. And I tell him, I'll see you on the other side. Okay, I didn't put it that way. That's That sounds wrong. You know, I'll see you after the proceed. You know what I mean? Like I didn't say, hey, I'll see you on the other side. You know what I mean? I'll meet you just the other side of St. Peter. No, 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 no. I, I said, <laughs> I'll see you in your hospital room or something like, you know what I mean? Okay. I didn't blow it. I didn't make it weird. Although that would have been super easy. So it was time, it was time to go. You know, my mom and my sister and I aren't going to perform the procedure. So there's really not much left for us to do, you know. And after the procedure, he was going to be so out of it on pain meds and uh, anesthesia that he was very insistent that we just go home and see him the next day. So I was hungry and my sister was hungry. My mom was, everybody's hungry. And somebody, I'm trying to remember how this worked out. You know, we, we had to find a place to eat. And we're outside of Phoenix, Arizona. And I was on Yelp and I think my sister was on Yelp and we were looking to see... And somebody got the idea that we should go to an IHOP, I think. I think my mother had some nostalgic something going on, you know, with your kids in town, to go to IHOP. Because when I was a kid, we would go to IHOP. It was a special thing to do, to go to the International House of Pancakes. It was, uh, it was like a vacation. So I think that's what was going on. So we ended up yelping. And the IHOP was far away or something. And some reason, and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what I was getting into. We decided to go instead because it was so much closer to a Waffle House. And a Waffle House, as it turns out, is a perfectly nice place to eat if you have no other options, right? But, but we're in Phoenix, Arizona. We're not between Phoenix, Arizona and New Mexico. We're in Phoenix. We could eat really pretty much anywhere. And I don't want to be a snob or anything, but I'm not sure how much they clean up the Waffle House. The griddles are just, have been overflowing for seven hours. Just overflowing. No, can someone scoop that up and get rid of it? I shouldn't be able to sit in my seat and see where you guys are making the waffles spill over the, the iron.
No, a little bit of it is that I, you know, I'm not young anymore. I, I don't eat in places like that anymore because I don't eat a lot of white bread and sugar and syrup and things like that. Like they serve in a Waffle House. And it wasn't 2 a.m. It was 10, 30, 11, it, 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 right? I wasn't on a bender. But we ended up in the Waffle House. No, my mom was thrilled, I think because she doesn't get out much. And my sister and I just kind of swing, swing, swung with it. Now, the waiter was great. The people that work at Waffle House, as it turns out, are really awesome. I don't know why they're in such good moods. Because they work at a Waffle House. But they were. They really seemed to be enjoying themselves. And we had a blast talking to Michael, the waiter. And it really made me wonder, should I put in an application at a Waffle House in California? Do they have those? Is Waffle House a career opportunity for me that I've been overlooking? Because these people seem to have job satisfaction. Now, I can't imagine what they're making, but they seem thrilled. And of course, I had a great meal. I mean, it was great. It was great. I ended up accidentally on purpose eating a chocolate chip waffle, which was not the idea at all. The idea was to think of something that I could eat that wouldn't right send me into some sort of hypoglycemic coma. But, but there's no there's nothing but white bread and waffles and meat. So I got some kind of Philly cheesesteak on white bread type of sandwich. But but somehow we ended up with a spare chocolate chip waffle on our table. There was a mix-up and someone, found whatever the waiter gave it to us, and then and I have no self-control. I, I can get myself to not order things. I can't get myself to not eat things. I mean, I, that's progress in a way, but um, but it's not. So... My mom and my sister and I, we go home and we wait and we wait and wait. And eventually we do get a call that everything went great. The procedure went great. They cut open his neck. They did whatever they were supposed to do. They sewed him back up and he's good to go. And he was sleeping and all doped up on pain medication. And we would see him the next day. So, at I, what I believe was, I think it was 5.30 in the morning, Dan's body time, because Arizona is an hour ahead of California. But I, So, I think it was about 5.30 in the morning, Dan body time, the phone rings. Now, the room that I'm sleeping in is so dark, I, I can't find a phone, I can't find a light, I can't find... Anything. I'm trying not to fall down and kill myself. So I don't get the phone in time. My mom doesn't get the phone in time. The answering machine picks up. And it's my dad calling us at 530 in the morning. I've never heard him more chipper in my life. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Just checking to see uh, how everybody's doing. I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, give me a call later. And... Uh, Oh, I'll talk to you, blah, 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 yada, yada, like nothing was going on. 
like nothing was going on, like nothing had ever happened, like no one had ever, right, cut him open in the throat. So we're thinking, my God, this is, this is amazing, right? For him to be feeling that good that soon after a procedure like that, I would be a miserable wreck. So, you know, several hours later when we're all awake, like the sun is up, you know, that kind of thing. My folks talk and my dad says that he's ready to go, that they've released him and that we should come get him. So we all get ready. We all go drive into outer Phoenix, whatever, wherever the heck the, the, the place was to get my dad. And we go in and he's in there with some sort of physical therapy guy. Physical therapy guy, super on top of it. Again, super on top of it. Really clearly knows what he's doing is very right. Giving very clear uh, instructions to my father not to twist his neck, not to bend his neck, not to look down. He's got this list with an acronym. I don't remember the acronym. I was going to look it up. I forgot. But he's not supposed to bend or twist or lift or something. I don't know. But 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 he's got a list of things not to do. So the PT guy is great, but then he leaves. And then a nurse comes in and says something like, well, the PT guy needs to sign off on you before you can go. And we say, oh, the PT guy, physical therapy was just here. Oh, great. So we all kind of emotionally stand up and get ready to go. You know what I mean? Time to go. And no, 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 because it's never that simple. Getting into a hospital is super easy. Getting out of a hospital to me has always been a freaking nightmare. And I don't know if they're just trying to keep you there so long that you give up and you spend the night so they can charge you for another stay over. I don't know. But two things happened almost immediately. Number one they started to claim that we had to wait for the doctor to to give the okay. Now, that shouldn't be a big deal because my dad said that the doctor had been in already that day. Why he hadn't just signed off or whatever, we don't know. And number two, we got a different nurse. Now, all the nurse had to do, and it's about 10 in the morning, I think, all the nurse had to do, as far as we know, is contact the doctor, get the doctor to say you can leave, and then we would just leave. And this nurse, we'll call her Nurse Kathy, I don't remember her name. Nurse Kathy was, uh, how can I put this? The first nurse I have ever come into contact with who was really insecure. And I don't mean that I had come into contact at this hospital. I mean, in general, if you think about it, have you ever met a nurse during their nursing duties that seemed insecure to you? No. Nurses know what they're doing. And this girl was a nervous wreck. She was, she was kind of like a character that Terry Garr or uh, Diane Keaton would play. Like, I can't think of a, a modern equivalent but she just, 
Everything she said was back backpedaling. Yeah, um, yeah, so, gosh, um, yeah, the, uh, well, you know, the doctor, who, you know, he's not here, he's probably in surgery or something like that, he, he, you know, okay, so he needs to sign off like that, I swear to God. And it made you, right, it made you, meaning me, reevaluate every nurse that I'd ever come in contact. I had never been around a nurse ever that was like, well, um, <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, we just need to um, check the paper, right? No, never. So we sit and lunchtime comes. And we sit and snack time comes and my sister and I go and we're eating or we take turns taking my mom to walk around or we take like there all day, all day. And every, you know, about an hour or so, Nurse Kathy comes in. Oh, gosh, you know, um, we're still uh, we're still, uh, you know, we're the we're looking for the doctor. It shouldn't be much longer, you know? And then she says, well, I, you know, I feel really bad for you. I'm trying to use the force to get this to work out. I'm like, use the force? Use the, this isn't Star Wars, baby. Use a phone. Use a telephone and track down the doctor. Can we call the doctor's office and try to get this guy on the phone or something, get a message to him? from him and then we can just go and you will stop having to come in here and hammer and jammer and haw and whatever that is that I'm trying to say. Yammer and haw? Hammer and yaw? I don't know. You know what I mean. Come in and stutter and backpedal all day long. Well, you know, gosh, I just, well, okay. Now, this whole time I'm worried about my dad because he obviously must be doped up on a lot of medication. Because every once in a while he'll say something like, when are you going to eat? And we just came back from eating. Or he was talking about he had eaten, but he hadn't eaten. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. Like, wow, he is really doped up. That's why he was in such a good mood this morning because he was right on the magic bus. So by four or five in the afternoon, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, the sun's going down, uh-huh, the sun is going down, we arrived in the morning, the sun is going down, finally, finally, the nurse comes in and says, yeah, so, okay, well, I, I, um, I figured out that I had the doctor's cell phone number, and so, you know, like, so... Huh. I was able to uh, text him and I texted him and he said that uh, you can go. So my sister and my mother and I, who want to strangle her, grit our teeth and say, thank you very much. And my dad says, you know what? We got to get her last name. Why, Dad? So we can write the hospital 
the head of the hospital and tell them what a great job she's doing. Okay, Dad, we, we got to get you out of here as soon as possible. So that's the end of the bitter spill for this. No, yeah, that's the end of the bitter spill forever. No, that's the end of this episode that I've recorded in my car. The first half I recorded in my car, I think a week ago. And now I'm recording this part today. Obviously, I'm recording this part today, right? Any day that I say that while I'm recording is the truth. Um, I hope this ends up sounding okay. If not, I apologize and I will go back to the studio. Trust me, because I, I don't like sitting in my car outside of work recording a podcast. I don't enjoy it. It stinks. And I don't want to do it again. Um, the Bitter Spill is made possible thanks to the patrons, all the patrons, well, you for listening, and the patrons. Um, and I don't have the list of patrons with me, so, uh, yeah. Who are the patrons? Yeah, so true. The Bitter Spill is made possible thanks to the patrons. Patrons like uh, Maury Estabrooks. Oh, we got to talk about Maury's lamp next week. Oh, darn it. All right, uh, Maury, uh, Samantha Couture. Let's see. We got a big list here. Uh, Sean Othan, Armand Norelli. Hey, Armand. Armand Norelli. Maybe Jeff Savastino. Peter Chase. Uh, I don't know. Ed Nothnagel. Jeff Short. Uh, Rob Usden. Dave, ja- Ooh, Dave Jackson. Hello, Dave Jackson. Harold Goldner. <laughs> this is very professional. Listen, I can't figure out how to sort the list properly. Flores? <laughs> this is why the AI needs to take over. Do you understand? The moderator? Uh, oh, that's Tom Carroll. Uh, let's see. Who else? David Gerard. Uh, David Jason Gerard Cortinez. Uh, Michael Saffel. And uh, many others, many others, many others who I'm probably forgetting because I don't know how to read this list anymore. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, All right. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. I will uh, hopefully be back in the studio next time you hear from me because it's getting really warm in this car and I don't like it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Be well. Stay out of hospitals. All right. Bye. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.